This is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smarks and Stripes. It is the 94 WIP Wrestling Podcast right here on the Radio.com app. My name is Bill Matz. I am joined, as I am every week, by my good friend, Eric the Turtle Golden. That's me. It's not the turtle. It's just Eric Turtle Golden. It's become yeah. the turtle. Yeah. From people like Big Daddy yeah. and essentially everyone, but it usually is just turtle. Yeah, yeah. Or turtle yeah. if you're Michael Barkan. <laughs> That's where it starts. Uh, and where I want to start is where we left off. Uh, we Last we were here, we were talking to Baron Corbin ahead of his main event Mr. at Extreme main Rules. Event. Yeah, Mr. Main Event himself. Uh, turtle, you and I were both at Extreme Rules. I just want to get get into that. I want to get into the card. I want to know what you thought of the show overall, and then we'll get into Raw and SmackDown. So, overall, just in general, it was a solid show. Of course, with every pay-per-view, there's going to be down points, and we're like, alright, why is this match still going on? But it was a solid show. It was one of the first ones I've been to in a good long while, and I was happy with it. I really was. In terms of, like, non-major shows, because, like, listen, Royal Rumble is gonna... It's the Royal Rumble. It's yeah. outside. Of, it's one of the two or three biggest shows of the year they do. Well, and that's and just the nerd in me coming yeah. out because who's it going to be? You don't exactly yeah. know. You might know thirty. You might know one. And yes, the the event is set up for fan interaction and like NXT's NXT. When that's in town, the crowd's going to be what it is. Exactly. That uh, the Extreme Rules crowd is one of the best Philly wrestling crowds I've been in in so freaking long, especially at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, like you said, there were. There were low points of that. That's the way a four-hour show, five-hour show, basically is set up. Uh, like, there's going to be low points. There's going to be popcorn breaks. Like, there's exactly that's the way a wrestling show is set up. But overall, man, I really enjoyed this one. I thought everyone got a decent amount of time uh, from the opening bell. I missed the pre-show, walked in, and like heard the Undertaker's entrance. Well, by and- the way, just to start real quick before you get the, the pre-show match, uh, Finn Balor and Nakamura was great. It was. I went home and immediately went and watched it, and it was real good. They did a title switch. Everyone that was, as I'm like in the parking lot drinking beers with my friends, I'm looking at Twitter seeing what's going on on the pre-show, and it's everyone complaining, oh, I can't believe they put Finn and Nakamura on the pre-show. It's like, uh, a week, like three days ago, this match wasn't a thing. And now we get a title switch. Like, watch the pre-show. Exactly. It's the same thing. It makes the pre-show important. Yeah. When you're at the event itself you literally have no difference in tell aside from the cheesy wwe intro and the do not try this at home warning yeah. that's the only no reason you know it's one to the other that's it but i walk in and it's like me and my buddies and we hear the gong and we just go running for the to the like uh first entrance so we can watch the undertaker's entrance Chills and still it's Chills. still he looked as far as the under and you and I, Better? you you and I have taken. We have not been reverent to the Undertaker at all, at all on this show. This is the best I've seen him look in a long time. I mean, he did old school. He choke slammed <laughs> the guys without having them to have to jump twenty feet in the air. His uh, he I guess it was his choke slam on Drew. It's the best choke slam I've seen him do in twenty years. I mean, obviously it was set up to he didn't have to do it, but he was going to go for a last ride on Shane. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted a last I ride so, so bad well. through the table. 
It, it was a solid Undertaker match. It really was. Like, I was stunned. In a weekend of great wrestling, the opening match to Extreme Rules, which featured Shane McMahon, the world's, I guess, most privileged backyard wrestler, and The Undertaker, <laughs> who is literally a dead person at this point, was one of the matches of the weekend. And that's something I want to get into with you, what you thought of the whole weekend. But, yeah, it was really something to see. And me, and my, we were just sitting there, and the old school thing is just funny since you brought it up. He comes out as the American badass in like 0102. Uh-huh. It was called old school then. That was 18 years ago. <laughs> Retirement home now? Is that what we're calling it? Like I it's just it's just funny that like I'm sitting there because I've just been on the just go away train with The Undertaker for so long. Absolutely. What if five years from now he's still going? He might be. Like, what I mean, if this never ends? First of all, let's just put this to the side for a second. Good for him. If yeah. somebody wants to hire him and give him a lot of money oh, yeah. to work 20 minutes, yeah, he obviously doing... put his body through not a great time, but to work 20 minutes and maybe make a million bucks or half a million dollars for one night? Yeah, he ain't doing this for free. Good and for him. It's not like, yes, he's playing the hits. It's The Undertaker. That's kind of just what he does. But yeah. like he did the leg drop on the apron spot. I'm like, dude, you're going to break a hip. He looked. <laughs> Listen, I don't ever want to accuse them of using performance enhancing anything because I don't know and I don't think I don't care. I'm pro performance enhancing drugs and and all sports. But he, from the difference from whatever that thing in Dubai was that he was involved in to now was stunning. The difference is. We know the like we know the Saudi Undertaker. Arabia. Sorry, not yeah, Dubai. Yeah, we know the Undertaker is old and he's not what he used to be, but we know he can tell a story. Goldberg, 20 years ago, was not good. No. 20 years ago, The Undertaker had a five-star match in Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels. Like, he, if you put him in the right situation, it'll be fine. So I noticed something. He went for old school twice. He hit it once, did it twice. But he, like, sort of did the little hop up to sit on the top. Yeah. Of, and I was, just with that, I was like, whoa. Like, he's in good shape right now, or healthy, or whatever. He's not with a guy who doesn't know, who has never known what to do. Yeah. Goldberg has never been good. I just watched. It was uh, Pritchard and Conrad did a watch along of a Nitro, the Nitro where uh, Goldberg beat Hogan for the title. Okay. And early in that show, Goldberg has to beat Scott Hall to get his title shot. It's one of the worst matches in the history of televised wrestling. Wouldn't shock and it's Scott place. Hall. Like, that guy, for all his issues, knows how to wrestle a match. Yeah. And it was garbage. Goldberg, that was 20 years ago. Goldberg's never been good. I think maybe we got a little too over the top with The Undertaker, but he is, like, 50 years old, and it's part on him, too. Yeah. But when you put him in these situations, it's fine, and when, that when showed on Sunday. cover his ass. Yeah. He could do the three or four moves he needs, although Shane almost botched uh, Tombstone. Ooh. And he by almost... the way, he, Shane's been botching stunners from Kevin Owens the entire last couple of weeks took anyway. the He took the, the knee to the gut and went down to his knees. I was like, dude, cut. You, don't, <laughs> you don't know how to take a stunner? Like, you grew up on this stuff. It's literally uh, the one that you saw your dad yeah. take consistently over and over again. But, it, like, good for him. Like, I, I, we were down on him. It might have been my match of the night overall. It was um, Cesaro and Aleister Black was Just I thought really was really amazing. yeah technically really great, but like in terms of, of good storytelling, yeah, in terms of just uh yeah, it, I, I thought un- the Undertaker match was one of the matches of the entire weekend. Absolutely. Uh, let's just skip ahead to the main event: Baron and Lacey <sighs> versus uh, versus Seth and Becky. 
Um, I I was expecting I don't know something a little different. I like that they went. They did a, some really cool spots, but it was mostly um, let's just put Seth and Becky over here. Let's Correct. get out of this because leading up to this event, as we got to this event, I don't know if you got this feeling, but watching TV and knowing what's going on backstage, and we're we're transitioning here. Yes. It seems like they kind of just had to get through this show, and now we can hit the reset button. I agree. And, all right, that's fine. Put your baby faces over then. We have Seth, we have Becky, boom. Yes, they just win clean. Everything's over. This thing's over with finally. Then Brock's music hits. (laughs) I, listen, I love Brock. I do. I, I, I was done with it, but if Seth goes over clean at SummerSlam, this is all fine to me. So... A couple of things here. First of all, I loved Heyman's promo. Oh, yeah. He, Heyman's... When he just came out out of the blue. Yeah. Him hinting everything ECW. Him I, saying he's he here. Extreme, That's, he's here. That was... That made me pop instantly. A hundred percent. Then we come down to it, and I'm like, all right, maybe they'll do a tease again. Maybe he'll show up. Maybe he'll beat everybody up, and it's kind of late. But you know what? It was the first Money in the Bank cash-in in three years? Maybe four years? That's really meant something. That's really meant I'm going to plan this out correctly yep. right after you've been through a war. And yeah, I'm going extreme to take rules match. And listen, I'm not as pro Brock as you, but here's the thing. I, I was-, was over it. And if <laughs> I want this to be over with Seth, go- Seth going over clean, not winning with a low blow, right. all that. But for the moment, I just thought it was really cool. It was definitely really cool. But I, I was talking to some people on Twitter as they were all very anti-Brock. Of and course. Th- shockingly so. And I get that, too. But think about it this way. We're anti-Brock because he's part-time. We're anti-Brock because you don't see the title on every single Raw or every single SmackDown, whatever the brand split seems to be over now anyway, but whatever. That's done with, yeah. <laughs> Seth Rollins has been the champion since Mania. He's been on Raw since Mania. I don't think I've ever been less interested in the Universal title since Mania. Yeah. That's it the, did nothing for me. It's the same thing we talked about with Corbin. It's that people feel... And he didn't even use these words. But people are just so entitled now. They mm-hmm. just want what they want when they want it. Exactly. It's like, he's a heel. You're supposed to hate him. You're supposed to not like that. They play it up that he's a part-timer. That's his character. Exactly. And yes, I do think at a certain point it ran its course. And they sure. needed, I think they kind of screwed. The Roman sickness, I think, really hurt a lot of the. And like, listen, the dude had cancer. I'm not saying, yeah, oh, the Roman. Yeah, yeah, it's not even like. He tweaked his knee, like, dude had leukemia. I'm just saying, I feel like it was over then, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, oh no, wait, our top guy is gone. How do we get to Mania? Well, we always have the Brock option. Exactly. And now we're setting up SummerSlam, and we're and lo- both needed an opponent because top guys on this card right now are few and far between. That's that's what I was just gonna say next to you. All right, Seth wins, no Brock. Yeah. What the hell are they doing at SummerSlam? Couldn't tell you. Because Kofi's still champ. Yep. Samoa Joe just lost clean. Daniel Bryan, we don't really know what's up with him I right mean, now. He's last clearly thing, going to be yeah, something involved in a main title picture. Last thing fine. we checked, he was a tag wrestler. He just lost his titles, and he's on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, Brand splits, splits over, but he's on SmackDown. AJ right. Styles, U.S. champ. Like, our top guys are kind of out of it. Like, we going to do Seth Roman? We going to do that already? Because I don't want it. No, I mean, there's. I hope, I pray... They're saving that for Mania, and Just, I would be yes. all for that in a Mania match. 
Because, ooh, two friends, best friends, fighting over the belt, blah, blah, blah. Guys finally getting this chance. And, they yeah. like, they vanquished Brock. Like, uh, give me Roman Brock, number one contender. Roman finally gets his big win. Like, all that. I'm just, like, I, I didn't have a problem with Brock. But, as I always say, it's about what happens next. Exactly. It, it, I don't know where it's going. He was on Raw. And it was okay, I guess. Yeah, and... it was it was fine. Like, great, he's got cool music. And uh, By the way, I think it's super weird that he still does his weird little, like, sort of suck it gesture. Yeah. And there's no pyro, so it's just, and, all right, next. Yeah, it's, it's, it was funny, because at the Evolve show, Heyman shows up and cuts a promo, and he does, like, ring announcing, goes, you guys have pyro? We don't have pyro! Like, it was really yeah. funny. Like, I get uh, the no pyro thing, Yeah, but it's whatever. every now and then when I see Brock, I go, just... Some, up, like, like, if I was Brock, I'd pay for it myself. Yeah. Like, I would just be like, this is a waste. Like, come on. Let's let's go here. But it, you're right. It is what's next. Again, he was on Raw. It's about what's he, next to me. If they do the this right, it's cool. And that yeah. was great. And Okay, Seth won the Battle Royal. Yeah. Duh, yeah, yeah. It, what, what else was it going to be? Like, was it going to be Sami Zayn? It wasn't, the only other guy I thought it was going to be would maybe Braun, and Braun finally would have gone over. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm done with that. Like, we've already done that experiment. Braun isn't what Braun was. And that's where I wanted to go next with Extreme Rules. Man, for two guys who had, I mean, yeah, that spot on Raw was crazy, so you knew they mm-hmm. were going to go over the top in this one. But for two guys who everyone was like, yeah, whatever, going into this last man standing match, Braun and Lashley tore the freaking house down. They, they, they really did. When Braun is allowed to be Braun, yeah. and I don't blame Braun for any of this, truthfully. Like, you can no, blame it was, a lot it's of not on him how this happened. Mike work or whatever, like. They just kind of screwed him over. They gave him the money in the bank, and they was like, oh, sorry, you're hurt, bye. No, we don't have any more. But he was a really – I don't like Bobby Lashley even a little bit. I don't think he's got personality. I don't think he's a very good wrestler even even at all. I like him in this spot. I like him either beating up somebody exactly. little or in a Transformers crashing into each other match, and that's what this was. This they was an action film. literally took apart – the Wells Fargo yeah. Center. <laughs> the and whole lower bowl being under construction worked out. That's, did you? I went to go get a beer and ended up doing a lap. That yeah. goddamn place, like it was, it is under construction, but it worked for that match. Yeah, and and because at first, like, because we were we got there early. I was there much earlier than you yeah. were, just because my girl first event wanted to see everything. Good for her. She had a great time. Uh, I wanted to know, did she like really enjoy? It, I watched the it. experience post. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, Let me finish yeah, this broad yeah. thing. But we were sitting in almost about a half a section away from when Braun did that spot with Lashley at the end. Yeah. And I was so, I was like, I've been at the Wells Fargo Center 8,000 times in the last 10 years. What the hell is that? <laughs> like, what is that weird plywood? Just this crash pad, basically. Well, and, and exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. But in my head, I go, what in the world are they going to do? Yeah. I was. It, it and was. It had to be something. It was there for a reason, obviously. But. I wanted to see like more. I always just want to see um like more concourse, like more backstage stuff. I love all like I love the hardcore title. Could that, for that have been but, any like, more set up though with the concourse? Oh thing? no! All of a sudden, everybody's <laughs> everyone's out there off and just back there. Yeah. Like, not, like I get it. You don't want the guys around the wrestlers, and you even sort of saw Braun push a guy away. Yeah. And obviously, I'm sure that guy got a bunch of free crap because. A wrestler touched him and all that, but it, it was just—I was like, really? Can we be that more obvious that you said <laughs> a backstage segment? I mean, like as soon as they see it getting like, okay, everybody, we're off to like P 
people are going to run out there. Like, so yeah. I get it. But I just thought they really killed it. Um, I'll tell you what. Like, in a very good show, what was a very good pay per view. I like Bailey. I like Alexa. I like Nikki. That match made no sense. None at all. None. Well, uh, we know now that Nikki was there only because Alexa was sick. Yeah. And has some sinus deal, and that's fine. I get it, but it. There was one way to make that stupid thing work. Nikki, t- Nikki, Nikki turns on Alexa, goes, she wasn't using me, I was using her. Boom. Nikki's the champ. That was the only way to make it make sense. Because we've seen this stupid, we've seen it with Nia, we've, uh, we've seen it with Mickey James. Like, this is a recurring theme. At a certain point, someone has to go the other way. But like, nobody ever does. And, it's it just like this just made no sense. And Bailey going over clean, like yeah. I get it. She's your like you want her to be the She's your female. Yeah, she Cena, wants you to be. They want her to be Cena, but like, real like really, but really, how am I supposed to take the other two seriously at all now? The woman they lost the two on one match went from being very very strong. And again, this is WWE's fault. None yeah, of the it's the booking. Fault, it's the booking to seemingly very very weak like. I think Natty's really good. Yeah, I think Natty. I'm looking forward to that match. Been there for a, a billion years, and good for her for sticking it out. But okay, like woohoo! Like, what's the point of that match? Yeah, it's just another. It's just just going to be another defense. Match, yeah, because you don't have any real storyline for either title right now. Yeah, and that's it's insane to think that they have this talent, and they're just like, yeah, yeah. all right. Like, we'll I see. really enjoyed, and we're going to get off extreme rules for half a second here. I really enjoyed. Liv Morgan, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, that was very good. It was a good match. And now I guess she's hurt with the knee. And I don't whether she's taking time off or this is real. We have no idea. But it was a damn good, solid match. They've like Kofi said at the beginning of SmackDown, they have so much talent that they're not using. And unfortunately, you can't use everybody. You just can't. No, it can't be a 17 hour show. And that's one of the things like I always say, and this is just a booking thing, uh, like they don't really have factions anymore. There's a couple of groups running around. But the idea to me of a faction is you can't use everybody. But all of a sudden, like, okay, this guy isn't involved in a feud with anybody, but he's in, like, D'Lo Brown isn't feuding with Triple H. But suddenly, because Triple H is feuding with The Rock, D'Lo Brown can come in and win the European title, and it makes sense. Like you're exactly. able to, you're able to use more people, and you can just have people at ringside. It's just, well, it's a utilization thing. The Riot Squad works for that reason. Yes, you had obviously Ruby's hurt now, but you had them all together, and it was two other talented girls that kind of accompanied Ruby around, that just had screen time and played in matches and whatever. It was, I don't know. It, it just is frustrating because Kofi is right. I mean, there's probably a scripted comment. But Kofi was right. Like, there's so much talent there that they're not using that they might be losing in time to AEW, and we'll get to that in a bit, I guess. I, I just I liked the Raws since Sammy took over. Yeah. I know Bischoff hasn't taken over SmackDown yet, but I liked it because it's been different. We saw Cedric Alexander. We saw just all these new faces and in different places. Like, I don't mind a Baron Corbin match if he's feuding with now AJ for US, just to say something yeah. off the top yeah. of my head. Like, that's different. That's new. Like... Good. Give him, give him the U.S. title or whatever. That's fine. Uh, anything else really stand out to you about Extreme Rules? <sighs> I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in Revival Usos. That was a little, yeah. Uh, I loved more of a filler. Yeah, but... I thought the Triple Threat tag team was really good. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I like Heel AJ. I just oh, like, I yeah. Um, that Styles clash off the second row. That's looked, badass. Looked awesome. That's... And almost looked real nailed. Yeah. Like, 
every time he hits it, I'm like, my stomach would explode right there. Yeah, that's that that looks badass. I love that move. Uh, Owen Ziggler was hilarious. 17 yeah. seconds stunner. Boom. Let's get let's go home. I'll tell you the most disappointing match of the night to me was was Kofi Joe. I love Samoa Joe. He's one of my favorite You've said wrestlers. That many times, so I, I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Love him. Uh, even when he's in these spots where I know he's not going to win, like I need at no point was there drama in like I just never oh. thought like they never sold the idea like he was a real threat. Yeah, and and that's sort of the problem when you just dump him in there as a yeah title contender because he felt like he wanted to be a title contender and that's even though okay. like Ziggler does the same thing and it seems like there's more jeopardy in those matches. And I think it's because and this is no knock on Joe. Joe does a great job. But it's because Ziggler, I guess, has almost history as an actor. Yeah. He is probably one of the best sellers, I think, in the company. Every DDT, every clothesline, every anything, similar to, like, to the, all the Rock used to sell. Like, remember the Rock used to sell a stunner? Oh, my God. And he would just literally flip onto his head yeah. and then down. Ziggler is that way. Sometimes the overemphasis of that clothesline or that DDT or that punch works. Mm-hmm. And it tells that story better than... Kind of just Joe being Joe, and although I do love watching Joe take, I, know, I think it was a like a super kick or something, and just walks, walks, flop. Yeah, yeah. And, and being a bigger dude, it he's makes still it look a monster, better. but he put he gets the move over in his right. own way. Absolutely. Uh, we already talked about Seth versus Brock at SummerSlam, so the only other real Raw takeaway. So we move on to Raw now. Bray Wyatt, <laughs> he's here. Thank he's God. here. Um. Where do you think? Yeah, it's the fiend. Where do you think this is good? Because I want to know if it's he's going to be in a feud with Balor, or if this is going to be he's going to do like a Kane thing where he's just like interfering in random matches. So, how do you think it's going to go? After reading, and unfortunately, reading has become part of wrestling here. We know that Finn's taking a couple months off, so maybe it'll be a SummerSlam thing just okay. to get Finn off TV. But I really hope it's a Kane thing. I really hope yeah. I'm going to screw with these people whenever I want, however I want, because I can. And I want the vignettes. Like I still want, I still want like uh, Blues Clues uh, Steve yep. uh, to come out and be like, "No, I am Yowie Wowie guy. So that's, it's all fine." So you want? And I, I want a I split personality. You want that split him denying what what the fiend does. So just an upgraded. Demon King, Finn Balor mm-hmm. type of thing is what you're looking yes, for. Yes, absolutely. Now, do you want both to wrestle or do you only want the Fiend to wrestle? I don't know. I don't know about matches yet. Like, I'm not even there. Okay. I want this, like, Kane shows up at Bad Blood and doesn't wrestle till Survivor Series. Like, I want another month of him getting involved in stuff and just telling stories. So maybe I'm making this up in my head, but I feel like there was a point in time where corporate Kane every now and then would come back as Big yeah, Red Machine. absolutely. And, like, just screw with people. Mm-hmm. And go, well, I, I was at the, the office. Yeah. I didn't do anything. No, I want... That's, that's what, yeah, the kind I of want, thing you want. Yowie, okay. wowie. I don't know what he was up to. Like, I want I'll talk to up, him later. Yeah, yeah, I want that. Okay. Like, I'm not going in that room. Like, that's... Yeah, that's okay. what I want. And I'd be down with that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the To debut. eventually get to some... Like, again... If he interferes in this uh, in this Brock Seth match, like that's where I want this to go. I, something like that. I just want different. I've kept saying I've yes. said this for many podcasts. I've said this over and over again. Listen, I understand that top guys are only going to be in top guy feuds, and Cedric Alexander is probably not going to be along with Roman Reigns for 
much longer anymore. And that's but fine. hey, they're giving them TV time. Like they're trying fine. to make it a thing. I like that they're trying. But I just want different. It can't just always be Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. It can't just always be Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Allow it to be a Bray Wyatt. It's something. It's something that um, Bischoff talks about on his podcast a lot. So they'll do like a watch along, and Conrad will be like, "What the hell is this guy?" Like he's like, "Well, let's take a step back now. What's the biggest knock on WCW? We didn't make our own stars. Well, the only way to do that is to give a bunch of guys opportunities. We had a three-hour exactly. show, so I threw out Scotty Riggs. See what happens. Like you know, and that's what. Like yeah, give me Ali. Give me Cedric Alexander. Give me split personality just see something you'll make a star out of one of these guys and i guarantee it's, it's it. what i liked with brock uh daniel bryan when yeah that happened yeah it was just different, different. And yes brock match i never thought win. i'd see but and and every now and then and yes brock can't always just be beat and brock, brock balor brock, give me different. something that's going to say this two foot tall guy in a brock balor or brock bryan thing is gonna win yep and let them win once brock is always gonna be brock Brock will take six months off and come back and destroy more people. Nobody's going to care. It is wild that but they just... But if you just... see Brock lose to a Brian or a Balor or a Bray or something, like, great. Like, the Beast Slayer can't be the only one who beats the Beast. Yep. Or, or just give me something, please. Yeah. All right, let's move on to SmackDown now, I think. Um, Shane McMahon. Why isn't he like in a wheelchair? That's like that to me. Like that. That's a missed opportunity to me. Like he just got the crap kicked out of him by the Undertaker. Like dude should be in a body cast or like I don't know. It's I. It's the. I consi- like the feud with Owens because I love Kevin Owens. It's the consistency problem. That's what they have here. Like at least Becky, and we'll mix him with Raw here for half a second. When Becky came down on Raw, she was selling. Weirdly so, the end of days. Yeah. It, it was the wrong part of her body, I think, but regardless. Yeah, she's just sore. <laughs> she was selling yeah. the end of days. She took a massive bump from a male wrestler, something they really don't allow in the company. They've been getting to it a little more. I mean, going back to the Rumble, it's been... Which will also kind of make me curious because I don't necessarily love the intergender thing. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not for my me. cup of tea. I'm all for women empowerment. I'm all for women kicking the hell out of dudes. It just doesn't do anything for me as a visual product to see intergender. Yeah, like um, Sammy Callahan just had that match with Tessa yeah. Blanchard. And like, like amazing for her. She put on a hell of a match. I, yeah, no, it's but, it's great. Yeah. Uh, good for her. It's just, first of all, like if you Google Sammy Callahan, I don't know if this should be a storyline when you have these allegations against you. That's you know even, <laughs> even worse. Yeah, but like I, I just like it's just not. I, I don't. It's I don't tune into wrestling to see a man beat up a woman. Like or, that's or vice versa. Yeah, I, 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 it's just not. I tune in to see the story, and I don't like when real life emulates yeah. wrestling all that much. So when a guy, unfortunately, with those type of allegations against them, has it, but regardless, yeah, it's something they'd be getting to, and it, it's okay for what it is. And in that kind of match, listen, he's a bad guy. It, it, Storytelling wise, that made sense. Yes, but and it's extreme rules. It's consistency and. Becky was consistent with it. Yeah. Shane came out like nothing had happened. Yeah, like, like he didn't just get the crap kicked out of him by the It's the Undertaker. Yes. Like if the you guy don't sell like, for him or for Brock or for those yeah, other like, guys. Brock beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania and has basically gone undefeated. Like he dominated Cena and then was champ for the next 4 years. Yeah. Like that's what's happened since he beat Undertaker. It's got, a win or a loss has to mean something. Yeah. 
and not as far as oh you're two and seventeen and oh, like God. Zach Ryder or the, uh, you're seventeen and zero like Brock Lesnar whatever it just has to mean something and it has to carry over yeah um it, but the Shane stuff is I know you like it's I like I like the parallel the Austin Vince to Shane Owens type of thing and with Owens using the stunner it even harkens back to that even a bit more it's, I like that's that what's weird to, like. I like it because I like again. I, I keep saying the worst thing about Shane is his, he's good at what he does. Like yeah. his character works, but I, I just I'm tired of him. But well, I, I don't like making it. Yeah, making it so years. obvious what you're recreating. I don't know. It's weird I, to I, me. I don't mind it because at least it's something. Okay, it's it's something that and it, it wasn't even long because Owens has been out for about a year. Or yeah, so. it, it's just something that that's different. And give me a bit of different, because you're going to recreate everything. Bailey is essentially a knockoff macho man. That's just what it is. I freaking love Bailey too, and it's just like she. It's been just downhill ever since she came up. Each character is a knockoff of another character. Like Bray Wyatt is literally coming from a Undertaker Kane mixture. Yeah, that's what these people do. So everything is the same in so many words, but it's just different enough that I'm happy with it. You want different. It looks like we're getting to Orton in a main title match at SummerSlam. I'm all for that. I think the match will be very good. And, like, I, I man, Orton just, I was such a big Orton fan back in the day. And it's, I've been watching him too long. I've just been watching him for too, too consistently for too long. He, he, I'm over it. I'm just over Randy Orton. And I am saying, I bet you this match is good and the angle might even be watchable. I'm just over it. So I agree with you in some points. I don't know how this could ever be remedied because it is it is WWE, it is AEW, it is all this stuff. People are going to get recycled. That's just what Absolutely. happens. Absolutely. But I agree with you. Like, it just... It, can we ever put, like, a cap on these guys as far as years? <laughs> And, like, maybe make, like, three special appearances every now and then. Like, I'll be all for the Raw reunion show that's coming up next week because you'll see Stone Cold come out. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. But it's even more special because he's not around anymore. Yes, exactly. If Stone he's Cold not back every thirty if seconds. If it was, if it was like Allen Iverson night, and we just did Stone Cold night every three weeks, it would be like, all right, well, I don't even care about freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin exactly. anymore. And now the it's, beauty about a Stone Cold appearance, the yeah. beauty about the ever so rare Rock appearance. Is you're not expecting it, and yes, they promoted Stone Cold. But no, even, you're gonna even promote Stone the show, Cold. The second I hear, I actually and the music, I'm going to jump out of my seat. And I think this is genius to be doing it now because Heyman's in charge. They're trying to start this new thing. They're trying. They're laxing uh, the TVPG rules, oh, yeah. so they want to bring that audience back. So tell that audience because I, I want a surprise always. But in this case. Tell that audience, hey, you haven't watched in a while? Stone Cold's coming back. And while you're here, it's not TVPG so much anymore. It might not be as bad as when you left. I, I was having I a think it's really smart conversation with the, the Shining Wizards crew, the podcast that follows yeah. us, that mm-hmm. we follow them. Good guys. They do a good job and all that. But they're just they're, we're so overall. It's the same thing. I'm like, bro, they almost have to in 52 weeks, if 50 of them, let's say, are live, and obviously a couple are taped because they're in – London, London or, whatever. or whatever, yeah. If 50 of them are live, they almost have to, in so many ways, put on a shitty show 10 times no, that's the... to make the other shows better. Yeah. Every show can't be great. Listen. It just I, can't be. I look back on the Attitude Era with the same rose-colored glasses as everybody. 
But you have the network, so you don't have to just remember it. Go back and watch. Some of them it's are not, not the greatest, like, it's not two hours of the greatest stuff you've ever seen, man. It's correct. Like, it's some of it's terrible. To make the best... <laughs> The best times better. You have to go through some of the worst times. And I will never say that WWE is intentionally putting out a shitty product. No, it's just what but happens. It just happens with a traveling company, just like the Phillies right now. The Phillies are going through a terrible stretch. They're not the worst team in the league. They may not be the best team in the league this year. But there's going to be major ups like there were in the early season and terrible downs when they're in I the just, middle like, of the season. Think of any television show. Like, the best, my favorite TV shows have seasons where I'm like, that was trash. Yes. Like, and that's just, it happens sometimes. I'm not excusing it because I'm no. going to come on this show and complain about it when it's bad. Exactly. But right now, I don't think things have been that bad. They have, ever since Heyman took over, it's just been, what, the third? The this is episode Raw? three or four, I think. They've been better. Absolutely. They've been, not wa they've been watchable. Yeah. Prior Raws have been unwatchable. No, it's been like, uh, trust me, I'm with everyone else going, this is terrible. I don't want to watch. That It hasn't been that way the last few weeks. I Maybe it'll be bad next week, but right now and I don't fine. think it's terrible. You will get to the bad. As long as I'm not bored out of my skull wanting to change the channel, whether it's on the Hulu recaps yeah. the next day or whether it's I just have to get a chance to watch the quick Raw recap that WWE puts out. Even those two-minute video, three-minute videos can be boring as hell in the past. As long as I'm not bored, I'm okay with it because they'll be great and they'll be shit. Let's jump ahead to uh, AEW Fight for the Fallen from Saturday. Um, I enjoyed this show. Not as much as Fighter Fest. Uh, there were some ups and downs in it, though. I really thought it had way more peaks and valleys than Fighter Fest did. So the problem that I've seen with AEW, and I didn't watch it on time. I watched it the next day, and it was fine, I guess. The problem I have with AEW is they're, they're a very top-heavy organization with not a lot of top-heavy talent. Like, if you're telling me you're ma the main guy there, or two main guys in my head, are Omega Jericho. Yeah. That's the, the elite of the elite. But your main TV product, your main face of the product right now, aren't those two. You're pushing, Cody's pushing himself. You're pushing a tag team that's fine, I guess. Actually, two tag teams that are fine, but a spot-heavy thing. And a character that I am thought was a cowboy, but I'm not really sure what he is. And that's what my main, my, and I enjoyed... Two thirds of this show, I would say, but I like it was a really good card, and it was much more enjoyable, I thought, than like the immediate Twitter reaction because they've been like, you know, internet darlings, AEW. Oh my God, everything's the greatest thing ever, and I didn't think while I was following along on Twitter because I just watched it the other night, but Saturday night I'm following along on Twitter, and I didn't think it was like the over the top praise they've been getting. They can't get on TV soon enough. Yeah. Like, they just don't have the stories to go along with the well, matches. It's just a bunch of made-up randomness that they think it's will be over. Guys who have good characters are enjoyable, and guys who need to get over just can't yet. Like, that, uh, they're trying to get over Hangman Page, and he's going to be in the main event of All Out against Chris Jericho. I thought his match, I thought Kip Sabian did 10 times more to get himself over in that match than Hangman Page. Yeah. Watching that match, I don't know what I'm supposed, what is, ha is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? <laughs> uh, what is he supposed to be? I don't know what he is overall. I just have. I know he's a name that came from there a company were, I didn't watch. There were cool moves in that match. None of them meant anything to me. I yeah. thought that match was just there. I thought Cody and Dustin versus the Bucks 
top two matches of the weekend. I thought it was freaking it's incredible. Uh, I am obsessed. And here is the here's a match that uh, might have been the opening match on AEW. I think it might have been my favorite match on the whole card. Havoc, Joey Janela, and MJF or Allen, Joe, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela versus MJF, Sean Spears, Sammy Guevara. Um, I am obsessed with Darby Allen. I think he's going to be legit. That dude will take any chance. He's a freak athlete. He has a character. He's leaning into it. Uh, Joey, I thought there were five awesome performers in this match, and Janela was just kind of there. Didn't do I, anything I don't get for me. His hype, but I, I really don't. I'm I thought. General. Everybody here got their character over. Like everybody in this match, ex- uh, Janela, you know, he had his match like, with Mox. What, what did, even but, then, like, what did he do to? And listen, you, it's wrestling. You just put people in matches because yeah. you, you just say you do. But like, you're putting him in an elite position. Like you're just putting there to throw Mox and in, into barbed wire. Like, okay, yeah, yeah that's he was like, just a guy who wanted to do that. Yeah, like but, if yeah. that's all you wanted, if uh, that's you wanted a guy to take a bump like that, then it's fine. I but. thought this six-man tag, like I thought every character accomplished what they needed to accomplish. Like, was it the most mind-blowing match of all time? Is it going to get uh, five stars? Solid. No. It just accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Uh, I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are a great team. Like, that's a team I want to watch. I always, whenever a team like that comes out on Raw, I'm like, this is what I want the tag division to be. Like, one monster with the little dude well, doing all what, the bumping. It's what Enzo and Cash should have been essentially yeah no that's ex- it's exactly that sort of in-ring dynamic and they're two guys with characters as soon as i look at them i could be watching the show on mute and i know what's going on i get who these guys are i don't have to be told and that's what i really like about them but your, your, your ultimate point with them getting on tv is important they need to be able to build stories they, and they will it's they not need to tell us who these guys yeah. are because right now, I yes, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, that was a cool match. It was fine. And Luchasaurus actually is more like agile than I yeah, even expected him to be. But besides that, like, who the hell is he? Like, give me a story. Is he just a cane knockoff kind of guy? That's, we or? have to get to like they're giving you and that's why they're giving you the last two shows for free. Because they need they've realized they well, need to build they this audience. Have started with that. Yeah, well. They, you know, they sold out MGM and were like, oh, my God, everyone wants this. And it's like, I bet certain part of your audience does. Just really looking forward to finding out I how much. Kev said it on one of those tweets, or he might have said it the last time he was on the pod, like, is it the same 20,000 people? That's what that I want to know. Going like, to these things? If you run four shows, people save up and go and make exactly. these trips. Like, it's the, like, like I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm going to watch the alternative. And might even watch the alternative in... Indifference to WWE sometimes. Like, I'm not going to go four nights in a row of wrestling or three nights in a row of wrestling. I just can't with the career that you and I have chose. But give me some. Tell me who these guys are. Why do I care about their non-cruiserweight cruiserweight division? Yeah. Why do I care about this chief brand officer, another top guy, quote-unquote, in their company, oh, I completely, just winning again. I like, completely zoned out during the Brandy match. Like, if all they're going to do is And it's is hard have to zone out when Brandy's around. The five of them just keep winning and winning and winning. The owners of this company, the main executive people in this company, just keep winning all over the place. Like, I don't care. I don't... I want to see... I, give me Luchasaurus as their first champion. That don't give hilarious. me don't give me one of the same five guys that you brought in to start as the champion. Everybody hates Brock Lesnar because he's never there. Yeah, I'm sure freaking Chris Jericho ain't going to be there for three straight years either. I would doubt it. Um, the Kenny Omega Shima match I thought was awesome. It was very good. Yeah. It's, but it was just such an Omega match. Like 
sometimes I watch his matches and just go, um, it's, I have the same reaction I have to, like, Stranger Things sometimes. Really, something else is happening to these kids. Like, every single Omega match is like a Scorsese or a Tarantino masterpiece. Yeah. Like, it's the most dramatic, crazy, and that's his, that's how he wants to present it, I get, but he just never has a seven-minute TV match. And he's going to have to, because A, he's getting older, and B, you have to allow people to get over on him. Yeah, and you that's they made a they made a major point to say he doesn't have a win yet, but it was like, all right, he's zero one and he lost to Chris Jericho. It's not like he's zero six. Like yeah. we're, they're he's making not Zach such, Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, yeah they're making the, such a big deal about the record, and I'm like, he's wrestled one match and it was against Chris Jericho. Like, I, I, are we really gonna harp on this for the whole thirty minutes? I mean, ugh. and. Uh, I love JR. We've had JR on the previous version of this pod. But I, I'm just kind of over him. I like this version of Jim Ross. I, w- I am over character good old JR. I like this version of Jim Ross. This version of Jim Ross, you could go have a beer with. Like I feel like he's he's a little different. But I, I'm not a fan of the three-man booth, and it's definitely working because... Four hours of Jim Ross is too much. Oh, well, that, I love. I that's also why love, you need a three man booth with Jr. Yeah, I also love Excalibur in the mask. Oh, I, yeah. I think that's awesome. <laughs> He's on TV behind the table in the mask. Because at first I was like, this is ridiculous, and then I was like, and wait, got, there's a guy who sits there in a cowboy hat. What the hell is the difference? Yeah, you gotta, if that's your gimmick, you just gotta yeah. play it out. Uh, Evolve one thirty one real quickly. Uh, my main takeaways: Austin Theory versus JD Drake was fine. It wasn't revolutionary. Like Heyman comes out and he cuts this amazing promo. Heyman in the ECW arena, oh, yeah. magic. But he comes Heyman out anywhere is yeah, magic. But it's like he's there. He's in that building. And then he cuts this promo about how you'll go back and say that's when you knew this was uh, the future of the business. I was like. This was a good NXT match. It was nothing other than that. Yeah. Um, Cole Tozawa was pretty good. Riddle Gulak was awesome. That was just a good... That's just a match you don't see. They don't yeah. have that kind of match all the well, time. I don't love Riddle overall. I think he's fine. I don't. He's growing on me. I don't dig the, I the hate King barefoot. I just hate barefoot guys. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get the point of it. I mean, they took off... Step on his feet. Yeah. That's all I think when I and see a barefoot took guy. they out of the barefoot yeah. thing, too, pretty quickly. I think he hurt himself at some point, but... I don't. I, I just hate barefoot guys. But Riddle's growing on me. Gulak, I fine. think, has really improved over the last few months. I just thought this was um, the kind of matches that Owen and Shamrock were having in '98 when they were just yeah. straight up fighting, and that like it was a technical and it was striking. I just really enjoyed it. I agree. But my biggest takeaway from Evolve 131, the dude in the opener, Josh Briggs. Mm-hmm. It we're gonna be seeing him soon. It won't be long till Josh Briggs is at least on the NXT roster because he's big. He was bumping his ass off, and he was so smooth. It, like it was entertaining. He was for doing sure. so much stuff out there, and none of it looked clunky. I was really impressed with Josh Briggs on like that's watching. I, that's what I like about indie shows. Like I want to see Gulak Riddle, and then um, find out about some guy him, named yeah. Josh Briggs. Like that's how I found out about Kevin Owens. Like went to see someone else at an ROH show, and was like, oh, Kevin Steen, huh? I like this guy. And that's just that's the beauty of seeing indie shows. Turtle, well, I'm going to wrap it up here, but I put out we put out a poll on our Twitter. Uh, follow us at Smarks Stripes. Um, 
I just want to know what everyone's favorite show was of the weekend because this was yeah. a this was a crazy weekend and it, it was, was a crazy a... weekend in Philly. I mean, Extreme Rules Sunday, Evolve One Thirty One Saturday, and AEW in the home of Nick Foles. So, <laughs> this was a Philly wrestling weekend. What what do you think are uh, what do you think the respondents were? Because remember, it's Twitter. It's not the it's not the mainstream so audience. Twitter in my head goes AEW. Yeah, but I just had so much fun at Extreme Rules. And to the point where I could look over and see my fiance just having a good time at something she's never done before. Like, she whispered to me one time, goes, damn, I hate these a-holes. And talking about the revival. Yep. I'm like, you actually know who they are? Like, I don't really, like, we watch Raw every now and then, watch SmackDown most of the times we can. She'll sit there with me and she'll go, just every now and then, damn, that jackass is annoying me. I'm like, 66%. Of voters agreed with you. Extreme rules. Our smarts and strikes following the, is good. Was the uh, was the event of the weekend, which surprised me. Like I loved it. I it was yeah. uh, especially considering it's not a major WWE pay per view. I was stunned with and how good it was. I really was. The story building going into it, I was like, they're trying to get through this show, and I don't blame them. And but. it just proves that WWE, when their back is to the wall, because I think it is, can put on a good show when they want to. Yeah. And we've talked about it. They're preparing. They think, to. whether they'll ever acknowledge it or not, they're getting ready for something. It's not going to be the Monday Night Wars. It's, they're not going to go out of business. Like It's not no. going to be like that. They're not going to have to cut their best guy because they can't pay him like they did with Bret Hart. But they're getting ready for something. And I hope it just keeps improving. I can't wait for AEW to get on TV so they can start building storylines against these good well, matches. Just literally teaching us who these guys are. Yeah. Half the time I watched the, the, the event, and I was like, well, whose music is this? Who is that? Like, I, I just, just didn't know. Yeah, it's and that's like, I like Christopher Daniels wasn't, uh, they had a, uh, a tag match with SoCal Uncensored, and Christopher, da- Christopher Daniels was the third guy who wasn't in the match. I was like... Oh well, he's someone I'm like really into, and he's yeah, not. I don't know who Scorpion Scott Scorpios, whatever the hell he. I don't know who he is. They're, they're, I know Kazarian, and I know them as the Addiction. AEW has built their brand on the five people that everybody knows, and the thirty people that are on the roster left that nobody knows, and that's what they have to build their that part on the TV. Yeah, with. they they very, show us these people. They very badly need to get to TV, and I think it's going to hurt them going into all out, not being on TV yet. Because yeah, they, they want fifty bucks for that show, and there's no other. Stories. And I'm not paying it. It's no, it's just oh, come see Cody versus Dustin again, or whatever it is, or a tag team rematch because we said it was a good one the first time. Like I don't care anymore. That's Lucha Bros Young Bucks in a. Uh, ladder match is going to be ridiculous. And, but it's going to be ridiculous because it's just a bunch of dudes who don't really care about their safety yeah. doing crazy things. Absolutely. Their first match was good because of that. Their first match wasn't good because it was a good story, because it was a good lead-in, because of anything. It was just a bunch of dudes who could do flips and do crazy-ass shit doing crazy-ass shit. That's only, like, that's not wrestling. That's a bunch of spots that's entertaining. Yeah. But I you mean, need both in there. Think about how the TLC crew got over. That's what they did, too. And they are but the only I ones also, who made tag team wrestling matter. But I also knew going in who the Dudley boys were, who Edge and Christian were, who the Hardy boys were. There was story, there was reason for all this, not just, we're the top two tag teams they signed, so we're going to put them in another match. That's everyone Again. watching knows who the Young Bucks are. Like <laughs> Going into AEW, I've never seen one of their matches. You've never one. seen a single Young Bucks match? Nope. That's incredible, Turtle. <laughs>
All right, that is all the time we have for you on Smarks and Stripes this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. We are literally everywhere. Uh, I recommend Radio.com, but we're on iTunes, Google Play, all those places. Uh, For Turtle, Kevin Keenan will be back with us, you know, at some point or another. He's a busy guy. He's a busy guy. He's our Stripes. He needs to do things. Yeah. Uh, I'm Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody.